Welcome to Every Movie Ever. I am your host, Michael Swick, and I'm joined by Chad Whitney. That is I. We are here with two more movies in our journey that will never end, I guess, unless we start really burning through movies, where we want to watch every movie ever, and we do this by using a roulette tool to pick our movies, and it picks a random movie on Netflix. We're running with Netflix for right now. We might move over to HBO Max or Hulu from time to time, but right now we're we're sticking with Netflix. We had some movies, uh, like me and Chad, we always talk a little bit before we record. Today, we were just talking about basketball for, for quite a bit. <laughs> well, <laughs> Which, last week, we were talking about like Space Jam before. Yeah, I guess it trickled. Or not last week, but last episode, and it trickled. Yeah, and we were just talking about this random basketball shit <laughs> where LeBron James is going to go in the all-time great list. Just and predictive stats. And then because we're both from Chicago, it, it, it devolved into us talking about like Eddie Robinson and Marcus Pfizer and Tim Floyd era Bulls, because that is the era of the Bulls that we probably remember more than the championship era. That's because under 10 years old during the Bulls era. So we remember that, but we yeah. remember in better detail the horrible, horrible Tim Floyd era. For me, it's like. We were born into six championships. Jordan retired in in between those six. and But, you know, even when he retired, we were still pretty all right. We were pretty good. We were young, and that was all we knew of life. But <laughs> reality set in real fucking quick in, like, 1998, 99. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, 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 hey, at least we got to see all of our sports teams fail miserably, and ticket prices were pretty cheap. <laughs> that is true. I didn't get to see Jordan live, <laughs> but let me tell you, I saw those baby bulls quite a few times. <laughs> yeah, I did too. <laughs> I used really... to go to games just to see like Iverson and Carmella. I was like, I mean, I love you bulls. I'm rooting for you, but I'm really here to see those two. <laughs> yeah, I'm here to see the other players. <laughs> but we then realize that we have to record a movie podcast. And despite our, our sports tangent, we came to the conclusion that we actually kind of like both of the movies this week. We're only five episodes in. And as if you've been listening to every episode, sometimes if we're lucky, we like one movie (laughs) of the two. Uh, It's rare that we get two movies that we actually kind of like, though. I don't think we've fully gotten a thing yet where we are in love with both movies. And this is definitely a uh, set of movies that we, we just kind of like them. Yeah, I'd say these were like, these are the type of movies that on the best of days, I kind of hope this podcast would turn out because um, like not the greatest movies, but movies that I definitely have skipped over a few times and probably would have never watched, but had the pleasant surprise of like, yeah, this isn't the most amazing movie, but I enjoyed myself watching this. Yeah, unlike, you know, so far. So let's just recap a little bit of the last couple of movies. Uh if you were to pick the your favorite movie that we've seen so far of the the last four episodes, the last eight movies yeah. we've seen, what would you say is your favorite? I would say ugh, that's it's not the toughest. Uh, I don't want to give it to this because I was on Anthony Mackie, my man, but my schoolmate, the Barbarian, was. I enjoyed myself most watching that. That shit was really fun. Yeah, I, I think for me, it would be either My Schoolmate the Barbarian or Horse Girl. I consider, I mean, Horse Girl and Jinx 
were both I don't I can't remember at this time what I said about them in terms of rating on those episodes. But in retrospect, I watched Jinx. Nope, I think I remember saying Jinx is the perfect movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did say that it was a perfectly <laughs> written film, uh, which you can never take back. Can never take that. I mean, I stand by it. I would get that man an award if I could for being a superstar director. You know what? But now maybe, I gotta give it to Barbarian. Maybe we'll do the most random uh, award episode at the end of the year <laughs> where we pick the best movie we've seen that year, regardless of how old it is. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm with that. We need uh, to. We need to. Uh, what did, is that? Did, does I, that shit. Does Akeem do uh, metal work? Because we can have him make <laughs> a trophy, <laughs> and we'll send it to the director of Jinx for <laughs> most most a well written script. It's just like a little scroll. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What would you say though is like the 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 worst movie we've seen so far in the last four episodes? Ooh, worst movie I've seen. I would say Breaking the Bank. Okay, I, even though you were like okay with that movie, I was okay with the movie, but I don't know. It just doesn't touch me in any way. I mean, I laughed some. I enjoyed the up and downs of it. I, I guess an honorable mention would be Hardcore Henry. That's mine. Hardcore Henry is definitely on my <laughs> list until I put uh, Enter the Void in uh, rotation Ooh. here. If, if we jump into season one, I would say my least favorite movie for sure was, hold on, I'm looking, The Pact. Fuck that movie. <laughs> I hated that movie. I don't even I remember what The Pact Beverly is. Too. <laughs> All right. You know what? Like, then maybe in two episodes, I'll drop in uh, an old episode just just for the hell of it. Because I don't even remember The Pact and I would have to remind myself. I thought you were going to say Mansfield Garden. Oh, Mansfield Park. I hated oh, that Mansfield movie Park. too. There oh my God, that movie was boring. Oh, it hurt. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah. so bad. Oh, I don't know, man. P- the Pact was just like, dude, I don't need a terrible I... thing to watch in my opinion. You liked I... it, I think. You thought it was okay. What the fuck was The Pact? It's like this horror movie with, I don't know. I had really high hopes for it. So to me, I thought maybe, maybe it just disappointed me and i was a little harder on it than i should have was it the one where the lady the monster was like living in her closet yep Uh yeah okay in her closet or her wall or some shit and i i I, I don't even remember what happens i just remember nothing happens and the whole movie i was just like bored and yeah that did hurt to watch manfield (laughs) park though one since then i have learned that jane austen apparently was kind of racist and like right wingish so kind of makes sense with I remember I don't know if you remember remember they had like a journal I told you about and it was like some slave shit and it was just like very detailed and didn't even really need to be there mm-hmm. apparently that was pretty common for Jane Austen type things and I was like oh wasn't that years after I just was like what's it when I was um putting the movies on YouTube <laughs> I was like Mansfield <laughs> Park and I was like do people like Jane Austen and yeah. I found out she's very popular among right wingers oh okay I did not know that. It was a it was a very enlightening thing to learn. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it was a good production. They Every time you mention <laughs> mention Mansfield Park, I'm just like, is that a movie we actually saw? And also, there's different there's different iterations of that Jane Austen work. So like, yeah, I don't even remember which one we saw because we it was saw four like years the one ago. in two two thousand something. But I, if I recall, I think we both struggled to watch that. I think like, I think you um. Like, we both had to, like, stop and then start it again another time. 
and it's just it's so bad. I mean, not it, bad. It's just dry and boring and. Yeah, I remember I you, you you being like actually angry about that movie. But let's talk about these <laughs> movies that we actually yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. liked. Let's uh, live the, in the present. Don't, don't take me back to that. <laughs> uh, Chad, do you want to give us uh, the synopsis for Mercy Black? So our first movie is Mercy Black, made in 2009. This is a horror movie, but let me tell you, it's rated TV 14. Which that sent me on another rabbit hole of figuring out what the fuck is a TV-14? Because you ask me, this movie's kind of graphic at times, but not super graphic. And you yeah. can tell me it has mature themes, but not TV-14 mature themes. Like, I'm like, we'll get to it. But 15 years after a traumatic crime, a woman is released from psychiatric care and tries to drive out an evil spirit that continues to hunt her. And yeah, that I mean, that's pretty much in a nutshell what that movie was like when i saw that i was like i'm expecting a movie about some girl that just got out of psychiatric care after 15 years and uh evil spirits hunting her i had no idea that her and her friend basically committed murder to well they they make it seem as though they committed murder kind of in a slender man type of way which um, happened in wisconsin a couple years ago yeah and this movie came out after that which not to break um where we're going, but I read a review for this movie. I, I went down multiple rabbit holes this week, and this one was on IGN. And the dude, I don't like, I don't know how he couldn't connect this to like them taking inspiration from Slenderman. And he was like, it, to him, it wasn't a psychological thing at all. He thought they used mental health as a device in this movie when i thought it was actually used really well to show i had no fucking idea if, the, if mercy black was real or not until they actually make a reveal yeah um, I, not until like you know the yeah, last that review couple just minutes. kind of upset me so i'm sorry it's <laughs> this this movie's definitely was inspired by at least the slender man story like the real mm -hmm. life thing that happened in wisconsin uh, and based on looking up a little research of this movie this movie apparently was in production, produced it, it sat on the shelf for a little bit, and then it was just a random release on Netflix. Like, Netflix yeah. just uploaded it. No fanfare, no trailer. Uh, the studio that made it didn't do anything to promote it. And it was probably because the Slenderman documentary about the two girls that basically did this There's came out. a documentary out. about that? Yeah, it's on HBO. Uh, HBO Max. Oh, shit. I'm watching that tonight. Yeah, it's a, it, it's it goes in depth and it's this it follows the same thing like two girls take another girl to the woods and then they kill or attempt to kill the girl to appease the Slenderman and that is the premise of this movie and I'm guessing the documentary shedding light on what actually happened probably messed up this movie's chances of using that as advertisement yeah. kind of yeah. Because I was pretty surprised that a movie, because I think this movie came out two, either two or four years after those girls in Wisconsin did that. Yeah. Um, and I was like, that seems a little close, but I, I can understand it. I mean, it's relevant. So you go off of it. And I don't know. To me, the movie yeah. did enough to touch on mental health and things that I felt that it was risque to touch this subject that close. But same time, I understood. Um, but basically, how does this movie start? Um, it starts with the the you, you we get basically get a flashback. This movie relies on flashbacks a lot, like breadcrumb trail flashbacks, where we only yeah. spend a little bit time in the past, 
And we just have three girls going into the woods and then them singing a nursery rhyme. And then we get flash forward uh, several years later. I forget exactly how many. I think it might be like 10 years or 15 years later. 15. Yeah. Yeah. And we have one of the girls grown up being analyzed by her psychologist in the mental ward who's played uh, the psychologist played by Janine Gorlofalo. Uh, the um the bowler and mystery man yeah and it's just an, you know this the comedian who's been around since like the 90s uh which Pretty was nice everyone in this movie is a comedian i looked it up i was like you why did? Are okay. people comedians <laughs> like not I'm, I'm exaggerating but there are enough comedians in this movie where i was like why do you see comedians so much in horror films now yeah well it's like comedians tend to be really good at dramas as well like i think that I think comedians are grounded in the human element of like connecting with people naturally. Yeah. And they probably just get it better. Might not be the best actors sometimes, but they get it. I, I, I think so. Like the, and, and they're better at using people's emotions and playing with people's emotions to get a laugh or to get a reaction, depending on what type of comedian they are. So they tend to do really well in comedy and in like horror movies. Jenny Garofalo doesn't really have a huge role in this movie. You know, she kind of just like bookends the movie. She's in the beginning. She's a little bit in the end. Uh, but the main and thing it's that crazy. they use her name in like the the top three on the Netflix um, starring list. <laughs> yeah, she literally is in this movie for like ten minutes. And but she is definitely like the biggest star of this movie, so that makes sense. So, but but it, regardless, uh, Jenny Garofalo, the psycholo- psychologist, is basically informing. Uh, marina that she is now free to go like they feel like she's ready to be brought back into society they don't exactly kind of say what happened yet because again all the flashbacks are really short uh and we learn what happens as the movie progresses Uh, i feel like you know so little at this point that i i thought she was like graduating from high school or some shit (laughs) i was like oh it's her last day of school and she's talking to her counselor and I was like, oh, no, shit, this is a psych ward. I see. Janine Garofalo would be an amazing high school counselor. Yeah, no shit. That's, that's legit. I mean, maybe that helped add to that. But I swear, I thought she graduated high school and she was just clearly had some trauma in life. And this counselor helped her out. And so she's checking in before she went to college or some shit. But nah, she yeah, on to it. But it, she's being released. Marina doesn't seem thrilled uh, about being released seems very much hesitant and reluctant to go out, go back into the real world. But she's released to her sister. Her sister is was uh, is either divorced or, or, or is a widow, and they live out in a farm. So it's uh, she's moving in with her sister and her sister's son, Bryce. Uh, what was her sister's name? Alice. Okay, yeah. She moves with her sister, Alice, and uh, Alice's son, Bryce, Bryce, they they welcome her back home. She's really you know nervous about being there, but her sister seems to just be happy to have her back. Uh, they uh, we find out you know they're they lost their parents a long time ago uh, when they were kids. So we get introduced to Bryce, who instantly this comes across as like the creepiest kid. <laughs> <laughs> he was odd. I, I hadn't yet shifted to that creepiness of him that he that he gets later to me, but. It's, I mean, I don't know. I took it as him hiding from his mom, but in retrospect, yeah, he's a creepy ass kid. 
Well, the first introduction, he's hiding in a closet because he's hiding from his friend who he does not like. His friend yeah. is the state of knowing little shit, apparently. Doesn't like yeah, him. He but never they, invites over. Yeah, but, but it, it shows they, up. they just live in the middle of nowhere. So I guess it's just like, yeah, this is the only option for friendship right now. Uh, <laughs> He's the only one within five miles that will come hang out, I guess. I just imagine that kid walking to his house every day uninvited. Just being oh, there. for sure. Like, like kind of how... Um, kids are portrayed in like old tv shows where like there's the neighbor kid who just like shows up for dinner uninvited yeah she's still haunted in her past we we get like the first well i guess the kid jumping out of the closet or not jumping out of the closet but the kid being in the closet is first jump scare uh but we get another one where she's in the bathtub and some creature attacks her but it turns out it's just a dream and yeah uh bryce is watching her while she sleeps which is why kids creepy <laughs> super creepy at that point i was like yeah he's a creep and he's like you're having a bad dream and i was like you're just gonna stare at her the fuck yeah it's like well, you're not gonna i guess you're not supposed to wake someone up from a nightmare potentially but he gives her a nightlight so he seems like he he might be an okay kid yeah, um, can we talk about this nightlight like i would have loved to have a fucking nightlight like that as a kid it was like what it was what is it like a teddy bear nightlight but it yeah. gave like the star stream yeah, it's like a, a Care Bear type thing, like a turtle or something, and the shell had stars that light up towards the ceiling. So it's like you have those glow-in-the-dark stars on your ceiling, but you get to cuddle with your light, too. It was pretty bright, too, for being in a, a teddy bear. But yeah, it was a, it was a cool nightlight. Uh, the kid doesn't want it because he's like nine, and he thinks she could use it more. <laughs> I almost feel like almost this is... nine. This I almost think he was correct. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff in this area of the film seems a little out of place. Because, you know, we, we get her when she gets when she arrives, it's still daytime and the kids helping her. Mm-hmm. Um, then she wakes up in the middle of the night with the nightlight and then they have her welcome home dinner the next night. Yeah, it's true. It just Which... seemed a little out of place. I don't know if that was on purpose because she didn't come in the middle of the night. She came like during daytime. Mm-hmm. But I'm guessing it's because they invited a family fr- or uh, Alice's boyfriend uh will and yeah, will. maybe he couldn't will. make yeah couldn't i fucking hated him too he broke ass matthew mcconaughey uh <laughs> he he seemed like no, i just ma- picture him driving like a shitty ram pickup <laughs> from like 1970 like talking to no one and his two <laughs> yeah talking to no one like it's a lincoln commercial yeah maybe okay, they held the the dinner her welcome home dinner for will which seem, would seem kind of shitty. Like, it almost feels like they're just like, all right, you're here, go to bed. And then the next yeah. day, uh, they have that. And Will is a piece of shit early on, like, tells you immediately he's a shit. Because like, at the dinner, he's kind of trying to get her drunk a little he, bit. She she says she's had enough. She's a little dizzy. And he's like, oh, first drink in a while. And she's like, first drink ever. Because... Uh, I guess she was like a child and then went to that psych ward for 15 years. So she's never had a drink. And then he's pushy about it. Like, like, oh, well, it sounds like this is a great time to drink more and fucking filled her glass. And, you know, wine glasses are big. Yeah. And he's like, oops, sorry. Yeah. That pissed me off. It was like, oops, heavy hand. I'm like, oh, dude, what the fuck are you doing to to your girlfriend's sister? What the fuck? Uh Turns out he is just trying to get like information because he admits to being a crime buff. Yeah, like he, a, he a, loves 
crime stories and murder yeah, mysteries. True crimes. There we go. Yeah, 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 true crimes. And he's absolutely fascinated with the crime that she committed and just starts pressing her on shit. And for the most part, she kind of gives a little bit of information. Uh, I, I think we get a flashback. Briefly, because I keep mentioning, he's like, I know you can't remember everything about it or something. And then so she has like a incomplete flashback about it and stuff. And But it was a more dark one than we had seen. I can't exactly remember which flashback this was, but she has like, you can, they show that her, one of they the girls a, named Lily or one of the other girls, Rebecca. they do something to the third girl. Yes. Um, that was with them. And that's when yeah. it becomes Slender Manny. And she, you know, they show like the, 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 the girls like bloody. And then he basically is just like, yeah, I mean, like two girls take their friend out and attempt to murder her or whatever, or murder, you know, like stab her. They never say if like the other girl was like killed or not. It, yeah. The, the from dude's her being dick. sent away for so long, I, I thought she killed her. They, yes. they imply it pretty heavily um, that she was killed, but it's not confirmed. He basically informs her because I, I, it makes sense that she wouldn't know. But he's like, "Yeah, your your thing went viral. Uh, it became an internet sensation. Uh, it led to copycat killings. Like it's a whole thing." And he basically encourages her. This is the first time he encourages her to like, "You should go do TV interviews. You could make a killing." Or he doesn't say killing. I've been poor taste, but that, that would make <laughs> yeah. sense for him to say he that. He is a true crime connoisseur. He knows better than to use words like that. Yes. Uh, and I'm just a, a, a fucking brute when it comes to this stuff. <laughs> he, he, you know, he tells her he, he, she could make a lot of money selling her story going on. I think he mentions Dateline. She rebuffs it and is just like, no, like, I, I, I'm not going to do that. He leaves and I think Alice which is, kind which of. Which is also a pretty shitty move. He just got her super li- drunk and then left. Yeah, I mean, he, not that he was supposed to give her anything, but I mean, at least fucking talk more and don't talk about he, her trauma. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's like he he gets her drunk, talks about her trauma, and then is like, all right, I'm gonna leave. Alice, go have fun dealing with this all night. Basically, <laughs> she's never drank before, and I just got her wasted. So I got her wasted, that. and I depressed her, bringing up all of her past trauma. See you guys. He yeah. leaves. Oh, and previously, so the kid, um. Bryce doesn't know that she was in a psych ward. Like, um, the sister Alice tells him that she went to art school or some shit. Mm-hmm. Just for context, because... Yeah, well, we'll get more... It's good that you brought that context in, because the scene... Uh, two scenes from now is where he'll learn the, the truth. Uh, basically, the no one wanted her released. It sounds like pretty much the whole town is against like her being released and someone vandalizes her house and does a scarecrow of mercy black that says psycho bitch on the door scares her. The kid does see this and now it's in his head. Like what is mercy black? So Uh the kid goes to the local library and is talking to this librarian who seems really nice and really shitty and stupid really shitty at her job i wrote that shit down yeah. i was like this is the worst librarian in all caps ever so, okay <laughs> we're 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 led to believe that mercy black is a thing that happened in this town that went viral that everyone should know and a librarian is just like 
what's wrong, Bryce? And Bryce is like, hey, what's Mercy Black? And she's like, I don't know. But you know what I do when I... Let's look on the internet. Yeah. Well, you know what I do as a librarian when I don't know? I use the internet. And she takes this kid and Googles Mercy Black. All this horrible shit pops up. And so, one, she lives in this town, so people had to know about Mercy yes, Black. Yes, yeah, she's exactly. apparently oblivious, and when she sees it pop up, she's like, oh, my God, I don't know if we should be looking at this. And then she click, helps click, him click. go further down yeah. the hole. And then tries to, like, kid explain it, of just like, well, sometimes people do things. <laughs> and, and, and so people make up stories to try and, and, like, make it make sense, and so... That's all these are, just stories. I was like, gee, if my kid came home and traumatized from that shit. (laughs) He told me he was at the library fucking looking up Mercy Black and the librarian was helping him. I'm gonna be like, what the fuck, gee? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, creepypasta (laughs) creepypasta is bad enough. But then to be like, oh yeah, she showed me links and pictures to the horrible creepypasta that takes place in our town. You'd think they'd be pissed like yeah. uh, about that but she basically just fucks this kid's kid up as being like the helpful librarian and, and then she just walks away what the fuck is with people just doing this shit and walking away in this book? oh yeah yeah well it's almost like at that point it'll make sense later in the movie but at that in the moment i'm just like oh she thinks she fucked up and she's just like all right i'm gonna bail <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> I got. I gotta go. Uh, just fucking clear the browser history before you go, or some shit. Make sure you you log out the computer because you know libraries they do the automatic wipe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, while this is happening, um, Will visits to apologize for the night before. He's kind he's, of no because um something had happened. And he just happens to come in the house while, um, sorry, I can't think of the main character's name. I, I bounced around. Marina. Uh, Marina. While she, um, is Sandy. Uh, my stairs. girlfriend's best friend's name is Marina. Hi, Marina, if you're listening. Um, but this girl, she's like, yeah, she's sanding the stairs or something, doing just general make herself busy at homework. And he pops up because I guess she had. I can't remember, but something came up like the night before. Maybe it was the nightmares or something. They did this. They did the scarecrow thing, and then yeah. Alice was like, "Oh, Will knows people that might have done this, so I'm gonna go talk to Will." Yeah, and so call he Will. just randomly comes over, like gets in and everything. Which at this point, I'm thinking he's a super creep and he's there to like harm her. I think but then I he, just he was goes gonna... into his pitch. Yeah, I thought he was gonna turn out to be like a crazy copycat like psycho killer. Yeah, yeah. exactly. He comes in, he's pitching super hard, like, you can make money off this, all this bullshit. It it leads to him basically getting his hand uh, sandblasted. Yeah. (laughs) And he he freaks Obviously, he throws a tantrum. He throws a huge tantrum, even though he's definitely in the wrong, and he was getting too close to someone who had a power tool anyways. She didn't do it until he touched her. Yeah. He literally touched her. Even then, you don't get close to someone who has like an like a power tool that they're they're working on. But then he he oversteps while his, discussing traumas. Yeah, and he oversteps his bounds and then like grabs her arm or whatever to like try and convince her, which is it's like, hey, has that ever worked? As, as you're trying to convince someone to to like make money off an interview, so you just like forcibly grab them and then like sh- what, shake them to to listen do an to interview? my elevator pitch. You motherfucker. yeah, don't do that. <laughs> So she 
Sans's hand. It's it's bad, but it's not terrible. Like nah, it's like he could have fallen off a bike and done worse damage. Yeah, to his hand than that. but he's basically throwing a, a, a fit, and, and Alice so he, comes he, home with Bryce, and he's like screaming, and Alice I is just he like going to try and like blame her as if she tried to kill him or something. Like, but I he kept. Know, I just thought the worst of Will. Yeah, no, for sure. But because he's a piece of shit, and he is calling her crazy. He tries to kick the dog, and then Alice is yeah, like, "He does like kick the." Oh no, he whiffs. He whiffs. Yeah, he whiffs, and then because the dog's yelling at him, like, "Dude, calm the fuck down." And I'm the only one yell around here. Bark, bark, bark. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> the you know, Alice is just like, you know what? Fuck you, Will. <laughs> like. It's yeah, over. so did she break up with him right then? Yeah, I think so. Or at to the point where, because she insulted her sister, you know, like she cares for her sister who just came back from a psychiatric ward, like, yeah. and this dude's overstepping the bounds. And she has to, I mean, she finds out later that Will is like obsessed with this, but there had to be some like information. Like, I, I like to think that. No, like there had to be something in the back of her head that's like, hey, this guy's really curious about this case because like it seems like he's a super fan of this crime story to makes you almost wonder if he was even with Alice for yeah, Alice like or because she was close to the case. Yep. Yeah, you're right. I didn't think about that when I was watching it, but I think you're, you're onto something there. Um, just those subtle things, the unmentioned things. I like that. Yeah. Um, but what I like to think that like another unspoken thing here is that you don't see it very often in movies like this. Like, horror movies when person there's a moment when they had a, a violent incident in the past and psychiatric care nobody believes anything they say in movies but the sister was like yeah i know my sister and i know what she's been through but i don't believe she just attacked you get the fuck off my property and i was like oh dope yeah like, cool <laughs> alice is is a strong character throughout the, this this entire movie in terms of like protecting mm-hmm. her sister this leads to, of course, because it's a horror movie, Alice finds the dog dead. And she yeah. storms off because she thinks Will did it out of revenge. Which makes sense, but... It makes sense, right. but also shows you that their relationship is definitely doomed if she thinks that he would take it out on the dog. Yeah, she's got a potential murderer living with her, but she thinks her boyfriend like killed this dog. To get yeah, which he totally... Yeah could have but because that is her first instinct based off the hand injury that shows you that that relationship's probably super unstable to begin with before mm-hmm. this happened or at least that's how i would take it i mean she looks not to be that dude but she looks way too good for him anyway not like looks wise just in terms of how she's doing in life <laughs> she looks way too good for him yeah yeah she you know d- d- single mother working on basically like it almost looks like a farm but it, it's not but yeah. he seemed like a predator and like he was like sucking up anything he could from them which goes into what you said i think now i think about it i think he really was just there for marina and was hooking up with alice to get in there yeah why she's going to like fuck will up uh bryce basically tells marina like yo i use the internet and does he show her what he found on the internet i believe no i think they just like i don't think we go too much into it he just like says it and he mentioned something about how he found it at the library and then they like cut to them sitting at the table and you could tell they had a deep talk or something yeah they they have a deep talk and then we see that 
Alice is at Will's place, and that's when she discovers that Will is a super fan, and he has the classic bulletin board picture newspaper <laughs> cutout thing with not quite the strings attaching really things. really how people do things? I mean, maybe FBI and CIA, but people really just hanging pictures and then tying up together the... the yeah, he, he has the full conspiracy board going, crime board, which... I would, I don't know. I have a, a, a love for when I see movies and TV shows do the crime board because I'm like, it man. helps me as a viewer. Like, I mean, when it's actually a crime we're trying to figure out, it helps me tie things together. I wish I cared about something enough to do a board for it like that. <laughs> I see that and I just look at the time and the real estate it takes on a wall and I'm just like, man. I would love to do something like that, but I'm not that fucking crazy. But maybe it's crazy that I see that. And I'm just like, man, it'd be kind of cool to just uh, put a bunch of random newspaper articles and pictures on the wall and then have strings connect them to each other. That's how I'm going to start taking notes for every every movie ever movies. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's not going to lead to that's <laughs> that's not going to lead the problems in your relationship. Every just week. Up just the whole doing living room. Yeah. <laughs> Does every like week 200 break, scenes. Yeah, let's break it down, build it back up. All right, and, and then Janine Garofalo was in Mystery Men. And before that... <laughs> Taking heavy drags from six. Just yeah. <laughs> this is all coming together now. Yeah, no, don't do that. Don't do that. But maybe... Try my best, man. It, if I get really into this podcast, no promises. Then we'd have to do it live, and then we'd just, it'd just be me with a camera while you present it. <laughs> I, I recorded the whole week of me going through it and then like present a time lapse of it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it just it just makes no sense whatsoever. You just somehow no, like, and this is what happens in the movies. <laughs> and this is why the assassination of JFK led to the making of Mercy Black. And this is how Marcus Pfizer ended up on the Bulls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just this whole thing: JFK assassination, the making of Mercy Black, and where is Marcus Pfizer? <laughs> it was all a conspiracy to ruin Tim Floyd's career. Yeah, they really <laughs> no, back to this. <laughs> wanted to prevent Marcus Pfizer from achieving a seventy-nine rating in two K two K two. If Marcus Pfizer reaches seventy-nine. He'll overtake Jordan in no time. <laughs> and the Bulls couldn't have that. No, they couldn't. They couldn't. All right, now we need the crazy board for just that. Anything <laughs> could make there. sense if you if you tie a string from one thing to another. You yeah, can make it make, make sense. Make sure the strings and the push pins are color coordinated. And make yes. sure the pictures are printed in at least medium quality. Yeah, like bad Xerox. Like everything yeah, looks yeah. like a bad Xerox. Um, like you, you didn't really go to Kinko's, but you bought some like photo paper for home. Well, but you don't well, really have a great printer. It's like I always wanted to use like when we watch movies like this and they go to the library and then they're on that, that big machine that has like <laughs> yeah, newspapers. Yeah. Apparently you could just like breeze through newspapers. I've never seen that shit. I saw it once I, at here at Washington Library. I, how does, I don't even know how that works. Because I'm, like I've, I never used it. I was a child and it, it was intimidating. Okay. When COVID's over, me and you were taking a field trip, field to, trip to here at Washington Library yeah, periodicals. Just section. to see. Yeah. Just so we can go through it and just be like, we're, we're going to find someone that works at the library and be like, can you teach us how to use this? 
And then they'd be like, all right, what are you researching? And we're going to be like, Marcus Pfizer's game on April 2nd, 1999. Yeah. We should should just make a whole short film about, like, researching Marcus Pfizer. (laughs) Oh, man. Is Pfizer cast a podcast yet? Probably not. We got to do it while Pfizer, the P-Pfizer stuff is the vaccines. We'll really ride that momentum. Oh, yes, yes. Just to get, like, the, the Google search uh, <laughs> accidental clips. The algorithm. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. What yeah. do you mean Pfizer was a lie? Quit. <laughs> <laughs> I just picture both of us. Like, we're not kids anymore. We're 30. We just go to the library, bother some, like, 20-year-old who works at the library, and be like, hey, do you know how to use the periodicals? And they're just like... No, man, you can't God. go to the 20-year-old. You got to no, go to we, that, that, like, veteran library. Okay, so we find a veteran, and we're like, we need to use the periodicals. It's very important. And they're like, okay, what are you looking up? Marcus Pfizer's career. And they're just like, you could just Google that. And we're like, no. No, we need it from the source. We need it from classic Sun-Times and Tribune. <laughs> I need things. to see it printed. They could change the internet. They can, yeah, they can change. Someone can edit Wikipedia, but no one can edit this periodical <laughs> machine. Don't you dare question my commitment to Microspy. Yes. The last Bulls game I was at, he was the player of the game. Oh, okay, okay. okay. This does not work for anyone that's not from Chicago. <laughs> like, this whole, this whole thing. We're going to send, like, if we have any, like, international listeners, we're going to send them on a rabbit hole and... I hope Marcus Pfizer becomes your favorite player, anybody who's not from Chicago. Yeah, just get 2K2, 2002. I don't even know how the 2Ks were named back then. Like, get, like 2K3? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 2K3 or 4. And just go to the Bulls and get Marcus Pfizer. You know, maybe get Ron Mercer. You know, get that Bulls yeah. team going. If you really, really, really want the second coming of Michael Jordan, you need Marcus Pfizer. Yes, he's he's a clone of Michael Jordan. They're both bald. They, they put every roadblock in his way to assure that he would never reach that pinnacle. Okay, and all right, back including to... Including himself, I guess, I don't know. Yes, Tim Floyd is his, his roadblock. Okay, okay, but well back to Mercy Black. Um, okay, so... Alice huh, is we like, tangent it so hard. Okay, at least you know where we are. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> my note says Will has a crazy board. So Alice sees the crazy board and tells Will to just fuck off. Like, go away. I don't like you anymore. Yeah, this was the official breakup. I mean, like, yeah. she really nailed it in the ground there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I totally lost my spot. Um, oh, I know where this goes after because after she leaves, then we get Will still in his rabbit hole, be digging deep by himself in his apartment. Yeah, and uh, he he's drunk, and basically Mercy Black kills him. Yeah, yeah, no need to be around a bush there. Like, yeah, it's weird though because the same thing that came through the window was there. I mean, it makes sense by the end, but mm-hmm. it just shows up at the door. But this time, it moves and like. I honestly don't know if he's dead. I mean, we do know he's dead because they confirm it later by saying it. But really, she just grabbed his neck with one hand. Or, yeah, Mercy Black grabbed his hand or neck with one hand, which I know she's like some ethereal, demonic creature. I mean, I'd put up a bigger fight than that. You, you would hope. Grab me with one hand and choke me out. Fuck that. This leads to another flashback uh, where we find out that 
Marina was definitely a part of the stabbing crime or however you want to put it. But her friend Rebecca seems to be the shot caller uh, during it, during the flashback, at least. Is this like, hey, we got to do this, do this now. And it kind of paints Marina as like she was reluctant to do the whole thing, but still went through with it. But just was very reluctant. This, and I think this is like the same time she finds out that Rebecca actually got released from Psych Ward before her, and she was just like, "What?" Because yeah. and and we see why of just like, "Oh yeah, Rebecca was definitely, or we we assume Rebecca is like the one leading the charge, and she got released earlier." This inspires her to go visit Rebecca, and we just find out Rebecca is just kind of like in a vegetative state. Yeah, uh, kind of creepy. Her, yeah, like she's she's clearly there she's just not responsive and her mom is like oh, her, her caretaker weird. her mom it was, would be her mom would be a great character for a horror movie in itself her mom is like very happy to see marina and it's creepy because you would think the mom would be like hell no you're not going to see my daughter because the last time yeah. you guys hung out was you know the last time i got to really see her because you both murdered your friend and i would assume if a parent in a scenario they're always going to blame the other kid they're never going to blame every movie i've ever seen they they blame the other person it's your fault and that's just a a natural reflex i would assume unless she knew her daughter was into that type of thing and maybe i guess i don't know i think they would even lie to themselves still yeah i mean i think the mom from what we see she seems to acknowledge what happened, but I think she's lying to herself about her, the current situation of their life. Um, I don't, yeah. that scene, I'm really thinking about it now, and I kind of would like more into maybe it was the actress, but that lady was creepy as shit. And it's just some cues that she gave that kind of were like, what the fuck? <laughs> I want to know more. I feel like that happens a, a, a few times in this movie to where we have a lot of like, at least to me, not not well-known actors that do a good job they, in the movie with the scenes that they have. Yeah, I agree. They like, didn't I feel like B-movie actors. They just felt like actors that mm, they probably don't get chosen for like AAA films, but they can definitely do their thing. Because like Mercy Black isn't a good film. It's an okay film. Uh, and that's a fault of like some of the directing and the writing, most likely, because I feel yeah. like the actors are doing the best they can with what they have. Again, I don't know what the original cut of Mercy Black was like, but just looking, this doesn't have the Netflix original thing to it, but just how much it's under an hour and a half again, how many things they could have elaborated on, maybe is Netflix. And the it was distributed by Netflix, but it wasn't made by them. It was Bloomhouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love Bloomhouse films. Yeah, I was going to say, mean, Bloomhouse does They're in a really, rough place now. Yeah, they, they tried to have a run last year, and I don't know if any of the movies really hit. They were. But, I mean, I, I remember seeing the trailers, and I was unimpressed. Yeah, there was, like, I think they, at one point they released, like, three trailers in one day, and, like, all the movies, I was kind of like, eh. But, it's tough when A24 is dropping shit like Midsummer and um and Hereditary, though. Like, I mean, yeah, A, pretty much A20, every A24 is raw. No, A24 kind of just took Bloomhouse's lunch basically mm-hmm. of like Bloomhouse was like we make these movies and we do them well and then a24 was just you know they they jumped in i take your milkshake 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and now they do that type of film, and now Bloomhouse is going to have to try and rebuild themselves. Rebecca comes out of her state to attack uh, Marina. Marina runs away. Uh, so nothing really <laughs> happens honestly, there. The, the way Rebecca attacks her is like, one, she's sitting in this wheelchair by the window. And somehow she like crawls out of it and like <laughs> crawls up behind her and attacks her. It was like the most harmless attack ever. She got away fairly easily once the mom jumped in. But I was just like, fuck, she get out that chair into the floor without being hurt. <laughs> like, it, impossible. And, and everything's like wrapped up so quickly. It almost questions like what the scene was intended for. I'm telling you, a, a horror movie needs to happen about whatever goes on in that house with Rebecca in her state and that mom. I assure you that would probably, I mean, if you got a good writer, it would be a pretty solid movie. Yeah, you could definitely. You all an alley-oop. There you go. They're, they're, you know, there's two survivors from this that have stories that could be interesting. Uh, we just happen yeah. to have the one focused on Marina. The kid now is in full shit kid mode. He's at the library <laughs> ripping books up. <laughs> It was like a fucking light switch went off. It, no development at all, really. That motherfucker just straight up. He's an asshole now. <laughs> yeah, he decided no. Will was kind of he. Who knows how long he's been around Will? He probably picked it up. He picked some shit up because he went from like, "Hey, I'm kind of creepy," to like, "Nah, I'm a piece of shit now. I'm a shit kid. I'm, <laughs> I'm a brat." I'm. What's that uh, Macaulay Culkin movie? The The Good Son. The he's Good Son. Basically, that motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, he goes. He's and it starts. It escalates quick. It's like, hey, I'm at the library destroying books. All right, I got kicked out of the library. I'm going to go <laughs> choke. Ripping them out. Like, straight yeah. up ripping pages out. Again, terrible librarian. She comes up, granted, as an adult coming to a child that's doing something like that. You should probably be like, hey, are you okay? But nothing else happens from that. She drives them home. I'm like, geez, who's paying for it? I mean, I guess it's children's books. Did she leave the, did she you close the library? ripping these pages out. So I'm like, this doesn't seem like a one-time thing. I need to know you're okay and not about to do this and know that's not how things happen here. And here's where we, we get to the, I think the most questionable, like, why is this just TV 14 scene in this movie? The, the annoying kid is back and Bryce is like, yo, you want to play a game? And he, I guess he tricks the kid and he's like, hey, we're going to play like secret agent. I'm going to try, I'm going to pretend interrogate you. So he duct tapes the kids to the chair. The kid's like, I'll never give up the codes. But then the kid realizes he's taped if, if really tight. A, yeah, if you're ever playing a game with me and you fucking duct tape me that tight, you ain't getting to the second arm. I'm like, you full <laughs> yeah. of shit. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, this ain't a game. Um, so the like, kid gets. I know I come over here every something tells me like you don't like me <laughs> yeah. yeah like i never got the vibe that you really wanted me here and now you want to play duct tape me to a chair <laughs> we never play a game together what the fuck do you mean <laughs> we play hide and go seek and then i go home yeah, exactly. uh you never find me and then i just walk home yeah and then i try again tomorrow so this kid <laughs> i mean to be fair this kid's kind of an asshole too like before this, this like he's just a kid though he's like douche kid that doesn't have a ton of social like skills cues of like don't talk about this shit don't be an asshole it's yeah, shit that he clearly heard his parents talking about as if it were okay and yeah he he basically calls alice you know uh bryce's mom a town like, tot 
Yeah. And I only say that because it was in Fantastic Mr. Fox, and I think that's supposed to be the nicer way to say it. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I, I will start. I will put that in my pocket. <laughs> I don't know for sure. It's the first time I used it, but. Okay. Um, just trying it out. <laughs> so the kid's like, hey, let's play a game. Uh, and that's when they play the interrogation game. But this kid makes a fucking very intricate death trap. Now, Dr. Evil couldn't have made a trap this this fucking precise. This is like a James Bond villain, like an actual villain. He (laughs) he puts... It's not like the laser and Goldfinger or whatever. Whichever one is the dude stealing from um, the shit. And I want you to die, Mr. Bond, and then give them a million days to get out of there. No. Mm -hmm. Bryce is like, I'm killing you right now. Yeah, but I'm gonna have it drawn out. It's gonna be a a spectacle. He he basically makes a death trap where if anyone comes to help, it's gonna kill him. So he puts (laughs) a kid in a chair, duct tapes into the chair, puts bricks on the back legs of the chair, um, and then puts a rope around the kid's neck, puts it over a beam, and then connects it to the door. So if anyone opens the door, it's gonna lift the kid off the chair, and then if they lift him far enough off, it'll kick the bricks off the chair, and then the kid will just be hanging. Quite honestly, this kid did a really good job of acting in this. Now that I think about it. Okay. I'm... The way that he went from like, I'm looking at you very sinisterly and now you're calling for help. And I know my mom heard you to break down and make it look like you genuinely are like, yo, come help. But knowing, keeping that look in your eye of like, I'm trying to kill you, motherfucker. I was like, holy the, shit. How does this kid, kid have that skill? This kid did a good job in the movie. And even the the, the annoying kid he's trying to kill, the kid, that kid acted pretty decent in this scene, given the circumstances. He, he's screaming for his mom to go open a door, which is even more fucked up. It's like the kid's plan is basically, yo, I'm going to have my mom actually be the one that actually kills this kid because she's going to have to open the door, which is super fucked up. Yeah, it was super fucked up. Uh, but I, the one question I had is I don't know how he figured he was going to get that past his mom. Cause once she gets in the door, it's very clear what happened. Exactly. But he and, did have a knife ready to cut the cut the rope. So I don't know if it was just a threat to be like, yo, I this don't kid like really you. annoys me. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm, so I'm just gonna threaten the shit out of the kid. I'm like, I know how to get you to stop coming here. It's it's crazy. The kid says Mercy Black told him to do it, but man, this thing's so elaborate. I feel like this took a lot yeah, a lot a lot of time. That. Yeah, this kid. I don't think Marcy Black told him shit. He, he just tried yeah. to kill this dude. He just saw an opportunity and is just like, you know what? I'm going to use Marcy Black as a scapegoat. <laughs> oh, I've already seen on the internet that people do Marcy Black things and that some people believe it. And I mean, I just assumed none of the copycats were in that same town. So mm-hmm. I mean, it would be more believable in the people of the town if I, I could see it from that kid's perspective of being like, he could get away with this. But. When people start trying to figure out who did it, that's when you could blame the mom because, you know, he set it up for her to kill her. Man, that, this is like the good son. I need to watch that movie again. That's a that's a good movie. It was basically Macaulay Culkin being like, yo, I'm gonna, I'm tired of people calling me the Home Alone kid or the My Girl kid. Like, <laughs> Never seen My Girl. Good movie. I, I don't remember if the sequel was good. Uh, regardless, crazy, crazy fucking scene. Yeah. She saves the kid, or or he saves the kid because he just cuts the rope and lets the mom in. The mom's like, "Yo, what are you guys doing?" Yeah, and uh, the mom's like freaked out. She, I think she looked around and could tell something. Like the kid, it, Bryce had done something, 
But at the same time, she was more focused of like, yo, this kid is choking over here. I need to go yeah. save him. We get and then Marie- she doesn't even really get time to think about it until like the um, the kid mom calls and apparently is chewing her out. Just chewing her out and like, I don't, well, we'll talk about that. Marina is going to the home of Mercy Black, which is a fallout shelter, which I think was like kind of a cool aspect because I guess no one was able to find out where if the house was real that the kids are talking about and turns out the kids has found a fallout shelter yeah which i thought in terms of filming was kind of cool like i wouldn't have wanted who finds this spot and it's like we're gonna film here who went in there and was like this is where we're gonna film i don't know like if it's a real location like that's that what i was like did they fun. like remake it like they found it they put something on the ground but then when they actually went down into something they actually had a basement set mm-hmm. like i don't know i just thought that was cool because i was like it's I'm pretty sure they didn't go into a fucking random fallout shelter, but the idea of it is pretty cool. We, at this point, get another flashback, and it shows Rebecca and Marina building a scarecrow body for Mercy Black, and I guess that shows why a scarecrow has been used up until this point. Then... Marine uh Alice is talking on the phone with the kids' parents, and the kids' parents are angry, but they don't seem too bothered because they're only threatening to talk to their lawyers, but it looks like they haven't called the cops or anything. And oh, yeah. I would imagine if the kid had rope burn on his neck, you would have probably have fucking done something about it. But apparently they I guess this is country enough that they're like, boys will be boys, but <laughs> like, like I didn't get that at all. Like- you know, um, in a Christmas story, when he lies and says that his friend taught him that curse word, mm-hmm. and then you just hear the mom on the other line going hard. That's what I would imagine if you just tried to kill myself. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I guess I also understand what happens in the boonies stays in the boonies. Maybe she knows her kid's annoying too, and it's just like, listen. <laughs> I think about killing him every day. What a you mean? But you I put don't. Together a whole device. <laughs> Tell me more. You mean I could frame it to look like my husband killed him? This is uh, at the point uh, the movie starts to pick up. She finds out Will is dead. She is going to go take care of that because the cops are like, hey, we want to talk to you about your sister because Will's dead. And also we found Will's crazy room. But it was like right when she was about to go up there to Bryce. So like she was like, all right, I guess I got to go talk to the cop. Me personally, I wouldn't have got. I don't know if she has an obligation to or not, like in real life, but well, they, they, they to do with it. I am not going to talk to you. Uh, the cops. I live with a potential murderer. I don't want y'all flipping shit. Like I wasn't. Don't talk to me. Yeah. The cops basically give her the option. Like, hey, you can take your time drive over here. Or we could send a squad car, pick you up so we could just talk to you. So it sounds like if they aren't like too in a hurry. I feel like they would have sent the squad car to pick her up. She goes up to go see Bryce. Bryce is creepily standing in the room and she's trying to convince Bryce like, hey, Mercy Black's not real. She walks out by the stairs to say like, look, Mercy Black's not here because the kid's like, she's in a hallway. And I'm like, oh no, they're going to kill the mom. Oh no, they're going to kill her. She, I did too. She falls down the stairs after she kind of sees Mercy Black. Yeah, it like pops up in the, in the window mm-hmm. on the second floor. And that causes her to freak out, and she basically does, like, a backflip over the banister. And you think she's dead. Marina returns as the ambulance is taking her. And 
it's basically Marina and Bryce now on their own as Alice is out of the picture going to the hospital. So luckily she she lives. I like the thing she lived. Once they put her in the, in the ambulance and she just had the neck thing and on her way as she's leaving, she's like, Mercy Black. It was Mercy or something. And so now um, uh, <laughs> also, so when Marina went and found that scarecrow, it was kind of like her her validation that it was all made up and that her and her friends made it up. But then this happens and it just fucks her up. She's like, Oh, is it real? Is mercy real? Yeah. And Marina, so that's when, uh, Oh, what yeah, happens here? Actually, Marina is trying to convince Bryce that it's not real. Look, here's the mask from, Oh yeah. That we made. And the kid ends up putting the mask on, but then mercy black actually appears and yeah. just kind of, he was weird when he put that mask on. He just like was, that kid is definitely a murderer. Yeah, that kid probably had issues before and he has issues after. He mm-hmm. he's standing there with the mask on. Marina gets just face palmed by <laughs> Mercy Black. <laughs> it happens really quickly. I don't know what the fuck happened, and but she just hit and like knocks out. <laughs> she gets knocked out and Mercy Black takes Bryce. We find out the librarian Lily was the girl that was stabbed 15 years ago and she is kidnapped Bryce now. And about the same time we're figuring or learning this psychiatrist, um, you know, I wish I remembered her name is coming back to town. Dr. Etta Ward. Yeah. So Dr. Ward, she's like, she had just been, cause she was concerned. Alice had reached out to her basically because, shit had been happening and she's like i'm concerned for my sister and now i'm concerned for my child that's what she was on she was on the phone call doing that when the she had like three her. phone calls in a row basically in yeah that scene. man i can't imagine being a parent in a situation like that would fucking suck but i mean if i'm a parent i'm probably rolling with my kid there and gonna try to do the best to make sure he's not a psychopath but i don't know my kid i don't know maybe throw him under the bus who knows but anyways so now dr um damn forgot her name already dr ward, ward is doing some back research, calling somebody that's like, hey, find me the files on an old case. And so then she pops up at where, you know, at the current farm. And that's when um, she finds Marina knocked the fuck out on the floor. It's Bryce. No, Bryce had been taken away. Yeah, he's already gone um, with Lily. But he walks away with Lily. Like he holds her hand and stuff like he's just cool with it. Yeah, he doesn't know he's being kidnapped yet. Uh, but but then, at the same time, when Lily came by, dropped him off, and she was like, would you like me to check on you occasionally? He was like, no, my mom's a good mom. It's a change in character to me for him to just go off with her willingly. He doesn't seem oblivious. Yeah, it makes me think that he already has figured something out. Uh-huh. Uh, he's got really good at Google. But yeah. him, and, him and Lily are gone now. They're going off to the woods, and... Ward, the psychiatrist, is with Marina, and Marina's like, I know where she is. She's at Mercy Black's house, or Bryce is at Mercy Black's house. And she's not aware that it's Lily just yet. Oh, no, no, this is when uh, Janine Rolofalo is just like, yeah, Lily lived, and she changed her name, and she lives in this town, which seems like that would have been something that, like, I understand why she wouldn't tell her that, but it seems like that would be important information to tell her, like, hey, you're gonna run into lily one day in the future if you live in this town like you feel like you have to tell her that that should have i mean 15 years in a psychiatric ward 
and like so many people opposed to her being let back in, it seems like something you'd almost be obligated to tell her. Just to test to see what she does with the information before she gets out. You know, yeah. you don't tell her like in, after she's out, you tell her that before she's out. Yeah. They, so the, the war doesn't believe that Mercy Black actually has a house and she's actually amazed that the house is real, but it's a, a fallout shelter. So I guess Lily, or not Lily, uh, Rebecca, well, I guess Lily too. Rebecca, Lily, and Marina never uh, identified or located or informed the location of the house. So Dr. Ward is just like, oh, I didn't know it was real. And And she's just out in the middle of the fucking woods with no real idea of how to get back. Exactly. And she tells Ward, don't call the cops unless I don't come back. And then she goes in a tunnel. (laughs) Lily then kills Ward. You'd think you would just call the cops. Yeah. But from my deduction is like, I get it. You're you're a great psychiatrist and you really care about her. And now she didn't peer pressured you to being like, would you for once trust me or believe me? And it's like, damn, you chose the worst time to believe her because now you did. Now she yeah. got you killed. She in the instantly of the woods with no one knowing that you were here. Yeah, I think she was trying to call 911 at that point, but Lily killed her before that. We get more flashbacks at this point and we find out that. Lily was the one, or we already knew Lily was the one to stab, but we find out Lily was the one that was actually in charge. Lily wanted to be sacrificed for Mercy Black, and she's held a grudge against Rebecca and Marina this entire time. But mostly Marina, because in her eyes, the only reason Mercy Black didn't satisfy... Okay, so I guess the tale that they made up of Mercy Black was that you have to make some blood sacrifice and she will take away your pain like basically she takes away your pain at a cost and so i guess marina agreed to kill lily and because she backed out of it and felt bad about killing her and only stabbed her in the back without killing her and then put the blood in water she held a grudge because of that and felt that while they got to go away to a psych ward she had to stay in this town and she say as she's the only one for 15 years that sees mercy black that she's she knows that they haven't seen her because they were away from it. it. That part, I was like, so is Mercy Black real? <laughs> like, yeah, well, yeah. I don't know. The entire, like, five minutes of the movie is I go back and forth like, so it's not real? Oh, it's real. It's not real? And yeah, so... she sta- Lily gets the better of Marina, stabs Marina, and then goes to kill Bryce. She's like, I'm gonna do what you couldn't do and kill, sacrifice you, and then also I'm gonna kill Bryce. Just because fuck it. I'm gonna kill Bryce. Yeah. We can't <laughs> leave witnesses. Once goes over to go kill Bryce, leaves Marina with the scarecrow, which then comes to life and is probably the worst part of the movie for me because the scarecrow was easily the worst part of the movie. (laughs) The scarecrow (laughs) looks like shit. It's not scary. And it was actually super easy for Marina to defeat because she just untied a ribbon. And then I guess that was what was the magic holding it together. The only saving grace for this part for me was like, maybe none of that actually happened. Maybe that was just her breaking away from like her past demons and I'm hoping Lily is the villain. I'm hoping. I'm I mean, hoping. I'm, Cause if, if not you've watched it or listened to this show, I, I try and reach occasionally to give the benefit of the doubt. I so. hope you're right because man, did it look bad. It, I, it, it just looked worst. like someone was the shaking a stick. 
like it was like it was a scarecrow at the end of a fish line or something and they were just like jiggling it it just looked like yeah it just looked like someone put like a a scarecrow on the end of a pitchfork and was just shaking the pitchfork it looked bad uh and then when it went face to face with marina and it's like mouth barely moved i'm just like man this looks bad yeah when the mouth moved i was like the fuck (laughs) it looked so bad it looked it, it looked really bad. It looked like nineteen nineties effects. Or it something. it it just looked like something you would see at like a bad haunted house. Yeah. She defeats that iteration of Mercy Black. She runs up, catches Lily before Lily kills Bryce. Chokes she just, out like stabs her or something. Doesn't she? She's choke. She's choking uh, Lily. Oh About yeah. to kill Lily when then she holds back and is like, "It's over." Lily is then screaming, just like, you need to do it. You're a coward. Mercy Black needs her sacrifice. And Lily's like, no, I'm not going to do it. Or Marina's like, no, I'm not going to do it. Everything seems calm. And then little shit Bryce just goes up to Lily and stabs her in the fucking eye. Just straight in the eye. I don't even know if he pulls it out, G. Just what a little savage. Dude pinpoint accuracy just stabs her in the eye and fulfills lily's wish for mercy black i was like when this movie got to that point i was like it can't end right there it cannot end right there and And then they roll credits (laughs) the the last thing that you see is the scarecrow mercy black monster basically consuming yeah like Which I don't Lily know. And like st- floating next to Bryce. Bryce and kind of consuming Bryce. And really I don't know. him? It kind of like went over his shoulder a little bit. I and you. I don't know if that was Mercy Black being real or it, what Marina saw. It was some like, psychological thing of them yeah. saying like Mercy Black is now him is passing from Lily to Bryce. Yeah. Which I would prefer that than if it's gobbling up Bryce yeah but that's why I felt like it didn't like I was like I need more like I need just five more minutes to tell me what the fuck yeah just happened Um, at the end of this movie let's rate this one I I honestly give this like a three and a half yeah I I'm going with a yeah I will go with a three for for this one I, I I I enjoyed this one I think the ending just disappointed me just a little bit and just yeah. the reveal of like the scarecrow monster was a little bit of a bummer, but I think. It... But when you see like, the Mercy Black floating over Bryce, it looks way better done than that scarecrow, which is that that also throws me the fuck off heavily. So I'm like, I don't know, it confused me. I enjoyed everything about this movie for the most part, like the the performances. The writing was actually pretty okay. I think this is one of the things we do a lot, though, is we. I think we want to give every movie the benefit of the doubt, like you were saying. So we will add our own context just to like make it a little bit better. And that's, I feel like what we're doing for this one. And I'm, I'm okay with that. Cause I think that's yeah. what, what a, a movie would want. And that's why I'm just going with a three. I think it's like middle of the road at best. There's yeah, certain things that they could have expanded on. That would have been interesting that they didn't. And overall I, I was, I, I enjoyed my time with it. Yeah, agree. Like I use three kind of as like almost a compliment. Like there are times that I guess I could say a three is me slighting it, but three is like, man, you know, you didn't make the best movie in the world. Like, come on, it didn't even release. Like Netflix just basically slid it out, mm-hmm. probably for a reason. 
But in terms of watching it, if I'm going on Netflix and I'm looking for something that I can just like, you know, satisfy myself with, no pun intended. <laughs> if I'm doing it for the pun, you watch that um what the fuck is that movie with um dude from Shia with Shia Booth when he's got like the two part necrophilia movie or some shit. No, not necrophilia. Whatever it is when you're a sex addict. Anyways, I didn't <laughs> yeah, I, you necroph- told me about that. <laughs> yeah, right. That would be shitty. That would be a terrible what movie. <laughs> With Shia LaBeouf. I know which movie you're talking about, but I can't think of the name of the movie. Sex Addict LaBeouf. Nah, that didn't draw what I wanted. Yeah, don't don't worry about it. Shia LaBeouf movie. (laughs) But yeah, but basically, if I'm looking for a movie that I'm on Netflix for, it's just, you know, random and all that. I want it to at least make sense and at least be functional. And so that's where like the threes come in. And you dip below three, I'm starting to really question some of the things you're doing. Yeah. If you drop to three as like a triple A film, I think that speaks for itself. Yeah, I yeah, I, I, I always consider better than average for me. Yeah, three three to me is a solid movie, not a waste of time. Basically, it's yeah. four or five is when we get to to good and great. So fours are my fives now, and fives mean you made me shit my pants in a good way. In a good way, yeah. Like, <laughs> I stood up to applause, and my pants just got loaded. Nymphomaniac. That's what it's called. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's move on to our our second film, our last film of the day, 2017's The Saint. Do you want to hit us with that description? Yes, The Saint from 2017. Master Chief Simon Templar, also known as The Saint, is hired by a wealthy banker to find his kidnapped daughter. But not all is as it seems. For um, a second there, I thought you said Master Chief. Instead of thief, you know, it's just <laughs> like, wait, thief. did I see, I, I see the wrong movie? We all know Master Chief is the saint. Yes. <laughs> so basically, the saint. This is a spy movie made in nineteen or in, sorry, made in two thousand seventeen. Um, but it's a it's a remake from a like nineteen or a revival from like some nineteen sixties and seventies TV show, show movie Actually, series. Yeah, and actually one of the original actors from one of them is in it. The, um, both original actors are actually, both original oh, yeah. Simon Templars are in this movie. Yeah. And so Roger Moore, I honestly recognized him when he was in the movie and was like, he looks familiar. But then I didn't notice it was him until I looked up who's in the movie. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, fuck, I don't remember where I saw him in the movie. But he's there. I do remember seeing yeah. him. Um, and this so stars... Adam Rayner as Simon Templar, the, the main character. Um, yeah, which I'm not quite sure who he is, but from the action scenes in this movie, I think he does some of his own stunts. So I think that was a big part in the selection. Yeah. He, we, he's uh, a pretty solid actor, too. I, I felt he had some good moments. Yeah, he, he definitely did. Uh, Eliza Dushku uh, from yeah. Buffy, Dowhouse, Green It On Fan. Strike Back, Bring yeah. It On, yeah. Uh, she's um, the second lead, and then we have Ian Oglevy. Yeah, he's one of the OG um, Simon Templars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Sir Roger Moore pops up once or twice in the film, and he's also former Simon Templar. So this movie instantly, within the first thirty seconds to a minute, I got the vibes that oh, this is a this is a backdoor pilot for a TV series. And I was right. This <laughs> from the vibes of how the music is, how the 
scenes, like the transitions are, very TV show-like. And turns out this was a pilot that was actually never meant to air because it didn't get picked up. So the pilot was made, the networks didn't want it, so they were just going to bury it forever. But they released it as a movie because it was the last thing Roger Moore did uh, before he passed away. So they released it in honor or in memory of Roger Moore uh, just because they didn't want his last credit to go to waste, basically. Yeah. He he was basically going to... Did he direct the show? I know he... Like... Uh, he, wa- he was going to be an executive producer or producer okay. on the show. And he was, based on like how this movie ends, he was going to be on the show, who knows at what capacity. It might have been one of those scenes that they built a season around getting yeah. to Roger Moore's character. Was was that him at the end that seemed like they were kind of building him up to be the big uh, bad inspector gadget villain? Like yeah. Yes. Like yeah. Just pops up. Yeah, that was that was him. And that's why I thought based on how this movie ends, sorry we're kind of jumping around. Uh but I, it seemed like they were building this up because he had signed up to produce the show and then maybe do the show, uh, which I'm surprised it didn't get picked up because <laughs> Roger Moore's on it, Eliza Dushku's on it, and it was actually a, a okay got, movie with the context. It's got the right casting in the right place. Places yeah. like you, you could tell where they got the B actors, and it, it just works. It feels a TV show. Yeah, you know? it, it, this is a, a movie that it's fine. Like it's an okay movie with the context that it is a TV show pilot. I don't think that if this was in theaters, this would not have done well, but with the context of like, Hey, this was a 90 minute pilot for an eventual TV show that very much felt like it would probably be like a USA network TV show. Yeah, like it would it be on after like psych that, uh, burn or suits burn notice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It has that vibe. I wouldn't be surprised if like the person who did the music, which I'm actually going to look that up right now, because the, the music, the transitions, some of the writing, the acting all very much felt yeah. like it would fit on like the USA Network. Oh, now, the person that did the music uh, did Overwatch and like the video game. The, yeah. And Starcraft. He does a and Diablo three. What? Oh, he's a he's a video game soundtrack guy. That's so weird. Yeah, right. I was not uh, he also that. did like two Stargate. Oh, he did all the Stargates TV shows. One of my um, one of my old roommates from college, Muffin, we call him. He's a fraternity brother. But this motherfucker is all about his Stargate, Stargate Atlanta, or Atlantis. Stargate, <laughs> yeah, SG1. Stargate Atlanta would be a different show. That shit would be. I, I watch it. <laughs> I would watch the shit out of Stargate Atlanta. But I constantly give him shit anytime he's talking about a, something that I'm watching. I'm like, bro, it's better than Stargate. Like all of them. Oh, you know, uh, Josh, my former co-host on uh, my other podcast, he loves Stargate. I could never get into it. I like the movie from the '90s. Like, yeah, I never saw the movie. Ironic. Yeah. But the, the Stargate. Uh, what i watch the most with them so that's the one that i can talk more to <laughs> i was like bro fuck this show i was like it's fine but i don't want to watch this <laughs> yeah. all right okay so back to, so, so back to the scene i don't know if we have to go like scene by scene for this movie nah it's a pretty general action movie yeah so the the, the main i guess we could technically go because it was it think like if you watch it and then know that it's a made for 
TV show, technically. You can kind of split it up to tell where episodes split in those first three pilots, I guess, or two, or whatever, mm-hmm. or where they decided to cut it and edit. So if I it... guess we could kind of do the phases like that, but really it's, it's more structured of a action movie than Hardcore Henry was. Yeah, this but is a not so much action that we do have context to talk about. Yeah, there's only like a couple action scenes that are worth like talking about, or at least I think. But the main premise of this movie is Simon Templar is a good guy thief. He's called the saint because he steals from bad people and then donates it all to charity, kind of you know Robin Hood type yeah. mentality. He is basically. Just his own like enterprise with Eliza Dushku as like his supporter. She mm-hmm. plays Patricia, and she is like the. Not gonna lie, I had no idea what her name was the whole movie. They, I, I, I only picked it up at a certain point, uh, after like the third or fourth scene she was in, and I was like, oh, okay, super cool. funny. Everybody in this has first and last names, and then you look at her and Roger Moore, and they're just one namers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so funny. I said one of the notes I wrote. I was like, I'm pretty sure Eliza was not on set for most of this. She just like got a camera crew to follow her on vacation. I <laughs> thought like, that I'll was going to be, I thought that's how the whole movie was going to go until they finally like halfway Before through the day. movie were in a scene together. I thought she was going to be like a Bosley, like Charlie's yeah. Angels sort of thing uh-huh. where she would just be like, Hey, I'm going to just give you the information because I ain't going to shoot this TV show with you that much. <laughs> Like, I'm busy. Like, I'll give you guys some good acting from, like, right here. But that's it. And luckily, she, she like, shit, halfway through the movie, it's like, no, 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 she's part of this cast. Like, she's not this, like, the name that we pulled in that will be here remotely. Not, not to circle jerk Eliza Dushku, or Dushku too much, but I personally think that she elevated the people around her. Like, even, um, what the fuck is the main character's name? Even Simon Templar, like, he, at the start of the movie, is super fucking cheesy. But then as he starts working with her later in the film, I feel like he actually becomes a, I would like to see him in more things. Like, I feel like him and her did a really good job. He, by himself, I don't think the show would have worked or this movie would have worked. And I see that with a lot of the actors in this. Like, Agent Cooper felt very much like a TV show actor. Oh my god, I hate it, Cooper. He seemed so he not even a TV show actor, he seemed like a Disney Channel original series yeah, yeah. actor. He did he just added like a goofiness to way what he did. And it isn't until like she's introduced into the cast that it's just like, okay, cool, we have like a credible actress that it, it becomes a real movie then. Yeah. Even though she's not like known for like being like a movie star just having her as a veteran presence, even mm-hmm. though, yes, I know we have, we talked about Roger Moore being in it, but he is a very tiny, tiny, tiny microscopic role. Yeah. And, and it's debatable if his bonds were the best bond or not. So, yeah. And, but her being like a regular character in this movie slash potential TV show that could have existed. It needed her to just be that veteran presence and the actress to, has done a ton of TV shows for the last like 20, 30 years. So she definitely is like the the strength of this yeah. movie pilot thing. That's a thing. good word for it. Yeah. Uh, because I don't think Simon's at his best until she start, he him and her play off each other. And yeah, definitely like you can... At first he's just a cheesy spy. 
like real cheesy. Yeah, I like mean, he has he has a bad beard, and then she calls him out on a beard. That's cute, and you can tell that if this would have made it to a TV show, it would have been a will they won't they between Simon yeah. and Patricia, and because of the chemistry they have with each other, that probably would have been an entertaining thing. Even though I hate, <laughs> I would have hated if they actually made them get together in the movie. I think, yeah, yeah, I just think I mean even in the show. Like, I would hope they don't. I mean, they can get together, but I would hope they don't, wouldn't spend too much time on that just because they had such a a thing working for them as friends where there clearly is an attraction between them and a chemistry outside of acting. Not, you know, in the movie, their character's chemistry, they work well together and they clearly like being around each other. But some shit's better left as friends sometimes. Yeah. And, uh, in TV and, and movies, at least, you know. Uh, but I think because she's such an MVP of this movie that she could have made that work yeah and yeah really been, right. and good like again like we won't spend <laughs> too much more time talking about how great she is because she is good in this and i like her in pretty much anything she's done yeah uh, so this definitely needed her and i'm surprised it didn't make it to television this seems like it would have been able to find a home yeah but, i'm not a tv watcher or in terms of tv shows i, I don't commit but I would have watched this a few times at least. This is would have been one of those shows, like most USA Network shows, where I don't watch them because I don't like procedural or just like these type of shows. This wouldn't be procedural, but I don't like the USA Network shows. But usually after they get canceled and they hit Netflix and there's like, <laughs> it's a good show to hey, <laughs> here's five seasons of this show. Like, OK, I never watched Lucifer Oof, when it was on TV. I'm do that. Um, but I one time watched like two episodes at Henton's house, uh, friend Henton. And yeah. I was like, you know what? This seems like a show. Cause it was just on in the background while we were all just doing a random, like bunch of stuff. Like everyone was like all over the house and it was just on. And then occasionally I would turn and watch. I'm like, yeah, the show wasn't bad. Still haven't watched it, but I added it to my Netflix queue in reserved. <laughs> In like in like if everything I run out of I will have this and I felt like this probably would have made it there, where it's Bro, just like what? okay, here's yeah, makes... supernatural, here's Lucifer, here's the saint, break glass in case of emergency. That makes me think of where this podcast truly originated, and we never, <laughs> like, we never even really think about it. But back in your basement watching Rubber with like Josh, yeah, and <laughs> yeah, that was. I, I always forget like who was in the basement when we watched like rubber because I feel like rubber and like Thanksgiving were two different basements. Oh shit, I times. forgot we watched Thanksgiving. Oh, it was back to back, right? <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, we that's two episodes or two movies. That would have been an episode. Golly. And I think that was one of those things where you guys were all over and I'm just like, hey guys, let's just watch this dumb thing. It's been in my queue forever. And I don't I think everyone was like hesitant, even me. Uh, but then I was just like, you know what? Let's just watch this, guys. And we ended up watching it and just like cracking up until like two in the morning. I went to college and I put at least 20 people onto rubber. <laughs> yeah. I lived by that movie. <laughs> that was your barometer for friendship for, yeah. for college. If okay. You sit down and watch rubber and, and talk to me. We can be friends. If, okay, you, can, if you can work off rubber, we, we, we can we can have a lifelong friendship. Um uh. The main premise of this movie is the Nigerian president has basically asked for $2.5 billion from a private invest, like a private charity thing. And it's yeah, run by 
a mysterious dude who I think in the credits who is has, this note. Who any Google search, I mean, the FBI or all of them, not the FBI, um, Patricia does a search on him eventually. And there's literally nothing except one picture of him with like some known terrorist funders or something. Yeah, and, he, he doesn't have a name in this movie. He's just so why like, the fuck would this Nigerian president fucking reach out to this dude? <laughs> yeah, he is... And he's a corrupt dude who's who he basically says he's going to give Nigeria or he secured two point five billion dollars for Nigeria for aid. And of course, because he's an evil guy, he then takes steals that money from Nigeria and he has his banker Valcross take the money. And oh, my God, the scene where Valcross, who is played by like Dexter's dad. Uh, I never Dexter? watched that. I didn't know he was in that, but I know him from the Warriors and Too Fast, Too Furious. Yeah, yeah, he's he's in those movies. He he hams it up in this in this movie. <laughs> like I did not take him serious at all in this Hell movie. No, like, <laughs> I think he was just there. He was like, I mean, I can Check. give you the lines. <laughs> yeah, like oh, my daughter gets kidnapped. I'm just gonna. Uh, I guess I can. Make my, my voice higher pitched <laughs> during my, this. Scene. My daughter got kidnapped, but what is my motivation? <laughs> this <laughs> check, sir. <laughs> um. So okay, Valcross, the Dexter's dad, is told by the mystery man, the Fixer, to intercept the two point five billion dollars, and he does. And oh my God, the screen for the bank transaction is so. TV show so overdone so USA <laughs> so USA CBS crime show where it's just like I don't know it just looks superimposed on the screen it looks kind of low resolution too at the same time and it's just so overdrawn like if yeah. you transfer money to the bank I don't care if it's 2.5 billion dollars there won't be a bar showing you that like every dollar is being transferred over <laughs> It's so bad. Two thousand seventeen. Because he basically hits enter. He's he doesn't want to do it. He's drinking and he hits enter. And then we have to watch this bar being like one dollar, two dollar, three dollar, four dollar, five dollar. It's, like, it's like the computer screens in this movie are infamous. Like from start to end, every oh my computer God. screen is just so unrealistic. Yeah. <laughs> like the load where he's trying to download something at the end, and then oh my it God, takes yeah. like forever. <laughs> Well, it, it, there's early on when we're introduced to Simon where he, like, disarms a nuclear bomb and a nuclear bomb looks so shit. <laughs> it's just like, here's a suitcase with some tubes that have, like, hazard like symbols on water it. Jars. Yeah. Um, but Valcross takes the money from Nigeria, but he also takes it from the fixer. He double crosses him and then calls the FBI and is like, hey, I hid the money. I need safety for my family. The Fixer finds out and kidnaps Valcross's daughter. And that leads to Valcross wanting to hire Simon Templar and Patricia to steal or find the money back and give it to Valcross or to give it to the Fixer so he can get his daughter back. That is the whole premise of the yeah. movie. Shenanigans ensue. Is there anything like, in particular that you want to talk about? Because yeah, like to paint, it, to paint it's a very picture. basic. To paint a picture of the fixer, the white dude that's like, you know, acting like the man, per se. 
he reminds me. I don't know if you've seen Speed Racer the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the I can't remember his fucking name, but the guy that's trying to sign Speed Racer and he turned out to be like bad guy. Um, he every mannerism and even his look is exactly that dude to the point that I had to look it up and I'm like, is he? Is that him? No, it's not. He gave me like but Tim Curry vibes. Like he, Ooh, it, Tim he Curry would have yeah. been perfect in this role, especially for a USA show. Yeah, would totally work if they weren't trying to just pay homage to Ian. They, I think yeah. they would cast him. It was yeah. a few people in this that I thought um, would be cast differently. Well, because usually pilots, could. pilots are recast and then they reshoot them. So like this is just a test thing. That's why I think why the the screens look so bad and the props look bad sometimes. Uh. And there's like this instances where, where uh, Eliza is or Patricia is staking out the hotel and she is so fucking close to the people she's staking out with a gigantic huge professional camera yeah and no one notices her there's like weird little things like that that i think the pilot was just made you know as a pilot they weren't expecting this to be the thing that airs because they were expecting to be picked up and then they're like oh we'll recast here and there but there's a lot of instances like that in this movie uh, that's just kind of hilarious and you can see that sometimes with the casting i would imagine cooper would have been recast i would have hoped <laughs> cooper yeah, would have been I recast. Hope. he did he, think... he, he seemed ahead. like a, a weird cory from <laughs> from boy meets world <laughs> like... uh, yeah yeah no even <laughs> yeah he does <laughs> like if he um had curlier hair mm-hmm. um they could have got him to play that role. I'd they could have got. They could have got. Probably be pretty cool about getting that job. They could have got Ben Savage, but he's doing Girl Meets World. So, uh, I forgot that was a thing. The dude that played Doyle, he just reminded me of Shia LaBeouf the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Like in his like chauffeur roles that he does, and like um, and Davy Jones, not David Jones, Indiana Jones, and yeah. um, and Constantine, I think like that type of role. I could um, see that. Yeah, so, I mean, only things I really have for this movie instead of, or other than the, like, play-by-play so I can keep up is, <laughs> key, like, some things, like, I, I don't know, nothing really big. It's really nothing big happens in this movie. You get some cool action scenes. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, the story, I guess I could say the story went pretty well, because by the end of this, I was like, I would watch a show. You not committing to that show but if you put out a season or two i'd get to it eventually yeah there's a lot of like twists and turns um i know we're not doing play by play for this movie just because i don't like it's pretty predictable from a lot of aspects the (laughs) the things that's predictable as can be is straight out of the book of action movies the thing the the first action scene that we see or i guess it's not the first but like the first major one is when simon goes to visit Valcross at the hotel uh, when he's confronting him. We, we at least see Simon like <laughs> in his elements of like how yeah. easy it is for him to stick. You have Eliza Dushku who's like just at poolside. <laughs> like, I was like, I was like, the fuck is this the point of this pool shot? But then when he jumps off the balcony into the pool, I was like, Oh, that was just to let us know that the pool is within sight. I yeah. <laughs> at first I was just like, wait, did did Eliza big time them so hard? She's yeah. like, yeah, just film me by the pool. Like, I ain't going to fucking do anything cool. It just validated me feeling like, yo, this is just her on vacation. Yeah. Then, I, then it all came together. Dude, they had a context. My favorite part of that action scene, though, is we get to see Simon just like how 
good he as it good he is at hand to hand combat, sneaking in. But when he's talking to Velcross, the bad guys, uh, led by someone named Rate, who was hired by the fixer, comes in on a helicopter with a Gatling gun to fucking take out Valkros. It escalated it is, so fast that I was like, I just went with it. I was like, okay. Uh, yeah. it's, it, it looks bad. He's just ripping into this house and Simon takes out the helicopter in like three shots. Yeah. It, just, <laughs> it just looks so bad. And it, this is so how much of a pilot this was. It explodes off camera or crashes off camera. You just hear a crash sound, and then Simon's like, okay. And then he, like, gets stopped by, like, the cop who, I guess, throughout the series would have been the main cop trying to catch the thief. Yeah. He confronts him, but then Simon just jumps out into the pool. Uh, and then the fixer gets informed. <laughs> and gets by out the-, the pool without any clothes on, just like no- boxers. No one bothers him. Skips <laughs> um- <laughs> out, grabs a robe. Fucking gets in the car with um, Patricia and rolls off. Like no big deal. And Patricia's already fully changed, and she meets him yeah. at check at pickup at like yeah. at at check in of the hotel. Like these cops suck. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> we'll talk about these cops sucking also later. But I have yeah, something like, particularly the at the end of the movie. That I was like, the oh end. okay. Okay, we're gonna rush to that point. Yeah, so. When they the, when they leave the hotel in the car, <laughs> they show they show right next to the, the helicopter Burning that helicopter. fucking apparently exploded. <laughs> <laughs> and he's calling a fixer, and the fixer's like, "You should have done better." And he's like, "Ah, I'm sorry." And then the helicopter just explodes. He <laughs> <laughs> just got all the black like smug or smog on his face and yeah. shit. And I'm just like, "Gee, did." Did he was he in there when he I guess he bailed. Where's the pilot? Is the pilot there? The pilot's like, dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Movie really glanced over that. <laughs> like, I don't know. That's like the highlight of the movie besides the end for me. But we we learned that. cried at him <laughs> laughing. Oh my god. Go I, ahead. I got my COVID wheeze laugh going right now. I don't mean to have that. <laughs> it's oh so fucking god. funny. Um, <laughs> oh god! <laughs> I, oh, let me do it. Let me do it. Okay, so basically, at the end of the movie, you should basically <laughs> assume that Simon Templar wins. All right, so you get to the end of the movie, and he has a personal gripe with the fixer. He finds out it's a longtime friend and the same dude. It's, that killed it's his the father, Templar. But technically, you know it. He's the one that killed his father from the beginning. But you don't know who he was in that scenario until the flashbacks. Yeah. But basically, he finds out he's the one who killed his daddy. And so he's like, I can't kill you. And the FBI pulls up and arrests the fixer. <laughs> so the whole movie, they've been chasing um, he's been chasing Simon. And he just gets away. You know, Batman <laughs> shit. Like, literally the- every single time, they just turn around and he's ev- gone. Ev- Okay, so there's two scenes, basically. Everything that happens in the movie is just basically like him just trying to get the money back so he can save the girl. When they go to save the girl, they're at a boat. He basically works with the detective to save the the girl that was kidnapped. And we also find out that Valecross's wife somehow betrayed her husband. I don't really understand exactly how she betrayed him. It was a twist for twist for twist's sake. Like, Uh, she she helped with nothing. 
I was looking absolutely nothing except nothing. putting them on the trail. That was it. Which really nothing, nothing at all. It made no fucking sense to me at all. But she was there. Uh, 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 Eliza takes care of her. Eliza also kicks a lot of ass wearing heels that I don't understand how she Eliza did. Eliza is a fucking beast. Yeah, well, Natalie Patricia. Patricia, yeah. Who's a, who's a? Oh yeah, because it's her real name is. Real name, yeah. yeah. Patricia. She uh yeah. She beats she the shit the out of multiple people. Yeah. From Terminator Three. Yeah, and the the detective has like the beat the boat and everything surrounded with cops. They're arresting everybody except Simon's not in handcuffs, and Simon just like walks away, Batman's him, and disappears. And then <laughs> it's a dock. So for me, I'm like, where the fuck did he go? He like it's a straight line. <laughs> it's a straight fucking line. Everything on ground is within camera shot. Yeah. So if he's gone. FBI should look in the water. I, I yeah, <laughs> I just imagine he's under the dock. Just like, man, I hope they leave soon. <laughs> so then we get a straw above the water. Anything, just hold his breath. I hope they get out of here in twenty thirty seconds. <laughs> we 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 then get like a three weeks later thing. Sorry if we jump through this movie too fast, but there again, there's not Even a lot that's like going on. Later, uh, he popped up and had a full beard, and then this motherfucker's like finding you took a long time, and I was like, God damn, I can see. Yeah, <laughs> he's confronting the fixer who apparently the fixer was the one who killed his parents and set him on this path to become <laughs> fucking Robin Hood Batman. He decides not I mean, to kill the Templar the... life of. Yeah, just I, I don't know. Assassin's he Creed just... painted a different picture of Templars. Yeah, so it's a little odd. I was confused, too. It's like the Templar and the Brotherhood are in this movie, but it's like roles reversed. Which it actually during the movie, I thought like I didn't see the Michael Fassbender Assassin's Creed movie. But if you made like a Assassin's Creed movie, but it's like a modern day spy movie, but it's some fucking assassin shit, that'd be pr- really cool. Like Ninja I can Assassin. Get into that. It was raw as shit. Like I, I could, I'd be down. <laughs> okay. No, so he's not going to kill the fixer. He's called the cops and called the FBI guy and all that stuff for him. And then this is what killed me and Chad that we were talking about earlier. Were SWAT teams there. Yeah. FBI agents it's, are there. It's like it's like four or five fucking suburbans. <laughs> yeah. Come up one for one, I guess two guys because they still wanted to arrest also, Simon Templar. There's a lot of bodies lying on the ground, which makes me think Simon just killed a bunch Simon of guards. Simon definitely killed those dudes. Yeah, killed them silently and just left their bodies there for the FBI to see and give zero fucks about. But oh my god, That's just what, yeah, all them dead bodies. Like, even if the, he did just help you, y'all were still after him, even after he helped you. But then if I take a look around and I see dead bodies, I'm definitely looking for you more. If I'm in the FBI, I guess. They seem you very think, diligent about wanting him. But it's it's horribly done in terms of the fact that, like, the agent is just... They, they zoom in on an agent once, he turns his head, and then he <laughs> they zoom out, Age and it's like, gone. Simon's gone. And it's the... So, F- it's the <laughs> so, they, um, you know, they the fixer to the cars they're like fuck Simon's gone well whatever at least we got this guy one bad guy's better than two and they showed him walk to the car and then they cut to fucking Simon behind this fucking tree and yes, he's just in I promise bush. you I lie to you not sunlight and everything all over his torso and then like the only thing covering him is his face with the tree but it's like the perfectly sized hole between the branches where you you can see this motherfucker's face clear as day it's like they didn't look at all they didn't look for him. He's right here. I don't even know how 
how you didn't see him (laughs) i would so at the end they like also introduce cooper has a partner and the 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 black lady yeah the, the, the black lady to where she is even she says her like full name to where it's like, oh, if this is a TV show, yeah, she must be a, be a character, character yeah. because they felt like they needed to introduce her because she was like, she basically was like smiling and was just like, my name is this and this is my job. And I almost in my in my head where I add context in movies, I'm like, she probably saw him, but she didn't want to embarrass <laughs> the other guys that they didn't see him because it was just like, like more paperwork. But. Yeah, someone had to have seen him. It's so dumb. I thought but, it was pretty cool what they, I mean, in terms of actual U.S. laws, being able to keep a terrorist for an undefined amount of time. I don't know if that's a real article. I could imagine that it is. I, dude, but, I, I saw that. I like how they used it in the movie. I, if they, the way they used it in the movie is also still fucked up. It's just like, yeah, we can yeah, hold you forever because we think you might be doing this. And I'm just like, everything so we have up. here says that you have a lot to do with terrorism and stuff. And so we're going to just our, hold you indefinitely. And it's just like, that's going to take us a long time to get through this. So you'll never have to actually go to jail so they can't get you out. Mm-hmm. Manipulative. Super fucked up. If that that uh, that is probably definitely a actual thing, which is super yeah. fucked up. But I at least they it will keep that out their ass when they bring in real articles and shit. <laughs> yeah, it was just one of those things where, like, as they said it, I'm just like, our system's Ooh. fucked up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> our- I get it. There's a point to this, but I don't think that's ethical. That's not ethical at all. <laughs> and then the movie just. Uh, the movie ends basically, but it, you can see how this movie was going to be a TV show. It seems like it would have probably been an okay TV show. And if it was on the USA network, which I swear to God, it probably was supposed to, I haven't done that much research. It probably would have been one of those USA 95% shows. Chance it was USA. 95%. It, Maybe FX or was that one FXX? I think it was too light for FX. I, yeah, they do the, like a lot of, this would have been so CBS. Gun battles and putting people down. This would have been. <laughs> this is a CBS, um, a Paramount Plus show. Yeah, they, this they, would have fit. They say right fucking in there. shit in Twilight Zone. Like I've been watching through the the Jordan Peele one. They mm-hmm. fucking curse. This is it's a made for. Hey, you let Jordan TV Jordan MA. Peele. Yeah, you let Jordan Peele do it. Yeah, true. I was the, giving them a lot of shit that I had to pay to see it, but now that I see he had the freedom to do shit like that. I'm more okay with it. Now give him the gargoyles thing he wants. Ooh. Disney. Apparently he asked Disney for gargoyles and Disney was like, no. Ooh. No, you gotta give him. You gotta. I mean, I, you don't have to, but you gotta give somebody gargoyles. And why not Jordan Peele? Apparently, not to go on a tangent, Saint was fine. T- two and a half <laughs> yeah. out of five. <laughs> I give Saint three. Okay, yeah. I'd like flat three. That was. Oh, no. I gave it a 3.5. I, I remember at the end of the movie when I saw that dumb shit that made me crack up. I was like, this movie is a 3.5 just because of that. <laughs> I boosted it a half point. Apparently. Uh, literally hiding in plain sight. <laughs> so good. Uh, apparently, Jordan Peele asked Disney a couple years ago after he won the award for Get Out if he can have gargoyles. And Disney was too much of a coward to say no. But they also didn't want to say yes. So they kept delaying giving him the answer hoping he would get busy with something else which was the twilight zone that's how shitty disney did jordan peele where there he's like i want to do gargoyles and then they're just like we'll get back to you this black as fuck 
mean, the <laughs> is black as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just the idea that they're just like, no, 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 if we just don't answer his phone call, he'll find something else to do. And we don't the have old, to say we turned him down. The oh, if we ignore it, it'll go away play. Yeah. Meanwhile, he's just making money for everyone else. And it's just like, give him gargoyles. Yeah. For real, for uh, real. If, if they gave him gargoyles, I would binge watch the shit out of that show. Yeah, no, he wanted a movie, which I would have been fine with. Oh. Like a one and done or a trilogy. Gargoyles um, is a lot, though. A movie? I mean, I guess I could see it. Be, I, I can yeah. see it. Yeah. Uh, you'd probably have to cut down the cast of characters, but all right. Get rid of Bronx or some <laughs> shit. Uh, yeah. Oh, one more thing I wanted to mention in this movie. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll just talk about this movie a couple more time, a couple more seconds, and then. Uh, so Ar- wrap it Arnold Veilcross is the guy that you know he was the one that called the FBI to snitch on the fixer, and then had his daughter kidnapped, and then ultimately was going to need uh, Simon Templar to help him get her back. He called the FBI from a hotel to which the FBI, he wouldn't give them any information about himself except that he helped with this and was like, I'm willing to work with you. Apparently, at the hotel, not only did he use an, not only did he not use an untraceable phone, he used the hotel phone. And the only person that they could connect to him was someone named Ronald Crossbane. Which I'm like, one, Ronald Crossbane is not that close to Arnold Veracross. Like, I would yeah. put that shit together. And two, if you're a villain that gets caught doing some stupid shit like that, you definitely weren't made for high stakes crime. Like, He definitely a- does not seem like he was made for it. There's a lot of <laughs> little holes in this thing that are... Arnold is, was ready for retirement. He Yeah, he, he wanted to bail out. And there's a lot of little holes in this movie that clearly would have made more sense for a tv show since tv shows you don't have to be that precise you can yeah. have plot especially for a tv show that this was aiming to be this was just going to be you know crime of the week sort of tv show maybe with like a very thin overarching story which probably would have been you know templar trying to find the roger yeah. moore character i say by season three they definitely would have even gone until some like knights of templar Spin. which could have been fascinating it's a shame this didn't get turned into a tv show uh but for a movie i get it, it to me it's just like a, just a little below average sort of experience yeah. which is why it went with 2.5 but it, still enjoyable I gave, it, it, i mean i guess it's made for tv because it was pilot type deal and then released wherever it released a little um, low budget but I don't know. For TV 14 movie, and I went down this rabbit hole because of Mercy Black. I really needed to know, like, what's the difference between TV ratings and movie ratings? And, like, why is it PG-13 and then TV 14? And oh, it, was, it was very weird. Like, to me, The Saint seems far more TV 14. Like, some light action, some mature themes, um... You know, some comedy. Like, you know, while, very lighthearted and fun. Well, Mercy yeah. Black choked a child. Yeah, Mercy Black <laughs> choked a child. They stabbed a kid in the back. They cut a kid's finger off. They. It's a lot. <laughs> like, so I was yeah. just like, what the. F- TV ratings are a lot looser than movie ratings, I'd say. Because like, there's different. Mercy Black are. Because there's different formats for TV. Because you. Oh, have... yes, based on the syndicate. Yeah. And so I guess since this was Netflix, I guess their TV 14 is different. 
Yeah, like if it, HBO's TV 14 is different from Netflix. Well, HBO and Netflix is probably the same, but TV 14 on like NBC, ABC, CBS is like completely different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, That's the rabbit hole that, that I went on this week. We might dive into that a little bit more as we like find more weird aspects of the movies we watch because sometimes the ratings could be all over the place. Uh, but I personally think Netflix should get real ratings. Like, cause if they gave the Anthony Mackie movie, um, outside the wire, they gave that a real rating or it might've been TV. MA. I, I think, I think it d- depends on if they actually want to release it in a theater. I think then they have okay. to use the real rating and that only goes to movies. They think they can win like awards for oh, Or, ah, uh, yeah, it is all about those awards. You're right. Yeah. I mean, like Especially for Netflix. like a, for like a Netflix. Yeah. That's going to be real Netflix. You need to step it up if you want awards. Just, just a little secret. Just a little bit. You, can th- <laughs> you can't just throw money at things. You have to have, yeah. have good things to spend there that money power on. There is power in quantity, but you you guys just need to loosen the leash a little, probably. Yeah. That's going to do it for us this week. This is a long episode uh, for the two movies so that I wasn't expecting. Tangents. Yeah, so we many tangents. We talked about basketball more than we talked about the Saint. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. We enjoyed the Saint, but the Saint was good. I enjoyed it. It's just yeah. I think because it's so spy movie, action movie like, and made for TV, it just didn't have the same amount of context that we'd have for like an, another movie. Yeah, there just wasn't a ton of stuff, and as soon as you find out it's a TV show thing, it just makes sense. You just know where everything's gonna fall. Uh, to to where how it went and like any sort of character development but yeah next episode i think we're only going to do one movie because i wanted to spend time with a movie that could be good could be terrible it's the Zack snyder zombie movie starring dave batista yeah so we're just going to do one movie for the next one uh and then we might go on like a week break to so you can catch up on all the movies and all the content we've been putting out but yeah, we're going to do the, is it like Army of the Dead or something? Army of the Dead. Army I hadn't of the heard dead. this until Schwick told me, but then when I saw like fucking like Thor Ragnarok type colors and David Bautista. Also, and there's zombies. I'm like, there's oh, fuck, some yeah. fascinating stuff with the production of this movie. Like one of the actors was recast after the movie was shot. So. All of her stuff is green screen or shot Uh. away from the actors. So basically one of the actors, Chris Delia or whatever, he was like exposed for being a horrible piece of shit, but he had already shot the entire movie. So they hired Tig Nataro to replace him, but the movie was already shot. So they had to impose her into the scenes and like shoot with like green screen or they in i saw uh, like uh, a, a trailer earlier where they clearly just every time she talks they cut away from the other actors but uh, she's on like the same set that they were on just not at the same time so i'm fascinated from it. that aspect on top of like whatever green screen stuff they had to do because you can't pull the freaky friday trick every you know, like every time. Yeah. Uh, yeah OG Freaky Friday. And, and I love a good zombie movie. So that's going to be yeah, the next episode uh, for us. And then uh, we'll 
do we'll go back to normal programming of two episodes a week uh but thanks for joining us follow us on social media twitter facebook instagram and rate and review us on apple Podcasts and podcast attic if you can uh anything else chad no just bye i love you guys see you